on this episode of AV Week, discussing the biggest stories for 2022 and what might be the next big thing for 2023. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. This is AV Week, episode 592, recorded December 23rd, 2022. And thanks for all the fish. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. I am not your regular host, Tim Albright. I understand the confusion. I got the long hair and the glasses and the collared shirt. But this is Mitchell Tulin. I'm normally the guy that hides in the back as the producer, but now I'm here because we're celebrating. It's a special episode. Rather than looking at the weekly stories, uh, we're going all the way back throughout the year and discussing the biggest stories of Pro AV for 2022. I've got a panel of experts with me in the field. I'm not even going to single one out and say this person is also here because I'm the plus one. So starting uh, over in the West in California, the Director of Learning Environments for the University of Southern California, Joe Way. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you, Mitch. It's a, it's a great having a competent host today. So thank you for the invite. Oh, we've only started. So that's, don't, don't save, your, save your compliments for later. Uh, I had to make, measure this one with a ruler. Uh, so going east again, we hit Houston, Texas for uh, building technology designer for HDA, Kelly Cicchetti. It's great to see you. It's great to see you again. I'm happy to be on again. Up in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, senior product marketing manager for QSE, Mike Brandis. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be inside and not outside. Definitely. Uh, I think we've registered a high of one today over in St. Louis. So that's Ball nice. Me. And I'm sure you guys are <laughs> like negative four. Uh, negative 10 this morning. All right. Uh, going into Orlando, the greater Orlando area, the advisist himself, uh, Bradford Ben. Thank you for joining us. It's your pleasure as always for me to be here. I appreciate it. And it's supposed to be a hard freeze tonight, getting down to 30 degrees. So the sky is falling here in Orlando. I, good luck, I think. I, I mean, I know that normally places like that, if anything drops below a certain temperature, it's just like mass hysteria. Yes. Milk sandwiches for everybody. Must get bread and milk. And certainly, last but not least, in the D.C., Baltimore, Fallout 3 area, uh, IT manager, classroom technology for Johns Hopkins University, and the host of our very own EdTech show, Aaron Mayer Moran. It's always a pleasure. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes, and it is actually quite chilly here today, and Johns Hopkins campus was closed today because of ice. Thankfully, we had snow last night, and it was pretty bad. It's, right now, it's just the wind. So if like suddenly I get replaced with Bradford, you'll know that something has gone terribly wrong. But we're just going to move forward as it is and try to get this. Um, 2022, it's been a big year. It's it's been that way for quite a few years now, but I think, you know, we're kind of in a arguably a post-pandemic market. Um obviously we're still in it, but we're definitely in a different spot where we are actually having trade shows uh in person and now we're only dealing with, you know, 
supply chain issues and uh, potential recession and all that other fun stuff. Uh, but I will go around the horn. Uh, I'll start with you, Aaron, and say, what was your biggest story for 2022? Wow. There were so many, like amazing things that have happened this past year. Um, but I would have to say that my number one was the um, HETMA awarding the first of the PRISM scholarships. That was uh, definitely, I think, my favorite part. What is that that actually... Uh, if I say. Yes. For those who don't know, um, the PRISM scholarship uh, was created to um, help give uh, a little bit more of a boost to um, diversity and inclusion in higher ed AV. HETMA gave away 10 scholarships to um, diverse population. They uh, were able to get an elite membership to Avixa as well as a HETMA mentor. And with the, um, you know, understanding that they are going to go toward to get their CTS um, certification and hopefully then they'll you know it'll be encouraging them to stick around in the um, AV space and continue to um, guide and mentor other uh, people in the in the community that's nice and they also will be getting a trip to Infocom that's that is really cool yeah it's just it it's a small kind of uh, start to, you know, helping people, you know, that may not have the same opportunities as as others in our uh, higher ed AV community. So it, we're hoping that these little these little drops will ripple into bigger waves, making a difference. Definitely. I feel like one of the stories that I saw a lot just um, because I also collect stories for our other show, Resi Week. Uh, was a lot of people saying, I'm stepping down, I'm retiring. It was kind of like there's this generation wave of people leaving. So uh, it's kind of nice to hear that there's somewhat that there's a way to get people into the AV space and continue kind of a legacy going and bolster us there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Radford, I'll go to you next. What was your biggest story for 2022? Well, that one was hard for me to to quantify because there are so many of them. We could talk about Andor being released on Disney and how it's edited. For AV, I got to... <laughs> oh, okay. So we can talk about uh, either Corey Schaefer retiring because that's big news and that was definitely the buzz at Infocom. Uh, and also we can talk a lot about... I'm going to follow up with, with what Aaron said of... Uh, the women's council becoming more visible and doing more things. And uh, I have to be careful so it doesn't sound like I'm virtue signaling. So I'm going to tell the story the right way. I was made speechless twice this year on AV Nation shows uh, by Matt Scott once and by Alicia. Uh, I forget her. I am not going. I forget her last name. Once again, I'm speechless by saying nice things about me for donating to support STEM stuff. So advises to myself did uh, sponsored or underwrote the Rosie Rivers program to bring underrepresented women into STEM and STEAM. So much the same way of priming the pump, bringing more technology in. 
we can also talk about how QSC has virtualized things to avoid chip shortages and stuff, but I think there's a certain amount of it's the people that are the bigger story than the technology because technology is going to happen no matter what, but the people are kind of the important part that change that have the largest impact until we automate it, which I feel is like the part of AV that everyone wants to do. We like to automate stuff, right? Well, let me check with chat GT. I agree. And it's definitely a monumental occasion when someone can make Bradford speechless. Uh, Moving to Kelly, uh, what was your biggest news or info or story for 2022 in the AV space? I had a few that I could think of when you, when you asked the question. One being that Clear One and Shore finally dropped their lawsuit because that was a developing story since like 2019. So I was very shocked to see that they dropped on both sides. Um, another one was acquisitions uh, like Crestron and One Beyond, Exodus and Almo, ABI Systems and Neuralink, um, you know, and just expanding their capabilities for the future. And, and it also speeds up operational capacity. Um, and then there's a group called SAVE uh, that developed an initiative for sustainability. And uh, I think their goal was 2030 um, with responsible waste management and carbon emission reduction, which I found really interesting because I feel like sustainability has kind of been lacking in this industry a little bit. So I was really excited to see that. And then, of course, the end of the semiconductor shortages in sight. Um, and then I think my last one was was the Microsoft Enhanced Team Rooms that they're launching with the evolution of the hybrid work models and the remote workspaces. So I couldn't pick one. I just think those were the biggest for me um, because I follow all of these stories all the time and a lot of them are always developing. So I think those were the ones for me that really showed a you know, this is an improvement from what we were seeing before. Um, and I think also with what Aaron and Bradford were saying, it's it's nice to see the recognition and inclusion of not just women, but people of color as well. And I, I think I'm seeing more hope, hopefully everybody else feels this way, but I feel like I'm seeing more inclusion and at least the topic is being brought to light more. So that was another big one for me. And I'm really passionate about that topic. Yeah, I I think that that's definitely something. I know that that was a prediction made last year. Um, that I think Dan Friese made and I'm happy to hear that that's, that's something that people are definitely paying more attention to. All right. Uh, Mike, what was your biggest or more most significant story for AV uh, this year? Yeah, I think I'll join uh, several other people in having more than one biggest story because I like that. Um, okay. I think obviously we had the supply chain crisis that's been going on forever. Um, but I think this year kind of really highlighted the, the different approaches that companies and organizations took to it. Um, we started to see integration partners pivot to new technologies. Uh, we started to see some on the technology provider side um, adopt more of an open and transparent uh, approach and some that did not um, elect to take that, that path. And I think that kind of is, you know, bearing itself out in the market um, and again, kind of um, to the point, it's it's not about the technology, but it's about the people. It's about treating the people like people and being transparent with them, um, not stringing them along. So I think the the reaction to the ever long supply chain uh, crisis would be, in my opinion, probably the most monumental um, shift for the industry, and it's going to have the biggest uh, implications moving forward. But watching. Uh, other companies drop lawsuits in our industry that did nothing to help anybody. Um, that was uh, good. And then, you know, 
I think, you know, Brad hit it out of the park. You know, we lost an industry legend, Corey Schaefer, who I had the pleasure of working with for six years. Um, she's not dead. She just left the industry. She retired, which is ultimate goal. So, um, you know, it's a face I miss around uh, cocktail hour at work events. Um, and I hope she's very much enjoying all the things she's doing that have nothing to do with AV and work. I do miss her because she was always a every time that we did AV week and it was like, oh, Corey's here. It's just like, oh, Corey's here. But she had an infectious optimism and as someone who's not overly optimistic. Um, you know, I found it to be delightfully infuriating at times. So it's a, a good balance to my cynicism at times. And I definitely I understand because uh, we had people like Crestron who had a town hall where Brad Hinsey is saying, hey, we don't have stuff <laughs> like they were very transparent with it to other people looking for more software based solutions, kind of trying to find it really were a lot of innovative ways to get around the supply chain while we're still in the midst of it, which I think is great. It, it definitely is one of those things of the AV world to be tenacious uh, in a way of just like we don't have this thing. Let's plug in something else. And if it doesn't catch fire, then it's working. All right. Uh, bring up the anchor here, Joe way. What, uh, was your biggest significant story for this year? Oh, yeah. This is the fun of going last after everyone gave all the good answers, you know? So I just pulled up my 2022 predictions and looked at which ones I was correct on. And then those, no, um, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, Aaron said it and Kelly said it with uh, both uh, the Prism Scholarship and Save. I think those were the two biggest ones, you know, and the fun fact about the Prism Scholarship, one of them is actually named in honor of Corey Schaefer. So um, we're just going to go full circle in that in that whole thing right there. Um, seeing that come to fruition, I love, you know, that Hetman is also partnered with Save and, you know, and USC becoming the first Save certified campus uh, was pretty awesome. Um, but beyond that, if I think about all of the the speaking and stuff that I did and the travel this last year, um, and, and I kind of wrote an article on this. Really, every time I was invited, everyone wanted me to talk about hybrid learning. Obviously, I work on you know the higher ed vertical, um, so that you know makes sense. But it was you know probably two thirds of the things I was invited to, and the other being supply chain, uh, being the majority of everything else. So. Uh, and I think that's, if you look back at even AV and the AM, almost every single week was some version of a question of what does the next, you know, hybrid or coming out of it or work from home or learning and just kind of taking the same question and rewriting it in another way, right? And the, Or at least everybody's answers went to that. So that's kind of, I think, where, you know, the conversation went. It has to have been the biggest story. It has to be what we're all talking about, what we're all worrying about. You know, I can say how many things and, and webinars I was on or panels that started with the word future of, you know, let me tell the future of blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of done with the word future of, okay. And I understand it's the title that keeps giving because, you know, there's always a future of something. Um, but I think that that's really it. It's the biggest story is that we've lived an entire year in a state of confusion and a state of wondering what we're supposed to do and a state of kind of what, you know, I don't know what normal looks like. We spent, you know, 2021 going through, okay, there is no more normal. There's now kind of a next, now there's going to be, what is it? And so we, and we spent this whole year kind of going, all right, we were told 2022 is going to figure out what it is and we've never actually figured out what it is yet. So as we move through, I think that's really the conversations we've had. And I know you're going to get into a question about 2023. So I'll save 
you know, part B to my answer of kind of what that will look like. And then, yes, from a uh, technology standpoint, finally, we've moved to software-based technologies, whether they be UC or they be, you know, our control systems. We've needed to do that for a long time, so it's great to see that come to fruition. And last, Kelly was right about the M&As and, you know, seeing all of those. What, what does M&A stand for again? Oh, we got the Bradford uh, mandate. I know. The Bradford rule pulled in mergers and acquisitions. Um, and so those obviously seem to be take, you know, the cake every year. But uh, they impacted me personally because our preferred integrator got acquired. And so that kind of moved us as to how we have to do everything as well. So Actually, I do want to want to follow up with a little bit on something Joe brought up. Uh, Joe, you mentioned you're talking a whole bunch about hybrid learning. I wonder how much of this is just based on what our our vertical markets or our industry is. Because like for me, I could also just as easily said that uh, Bob Iger coming back to Disney and Universal Creative senior staff, about 80% of them retiring would be the bigger story. So I think it's, especially this year, it's much more focused on what your market is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably all of our verticals are trying to just figure it out, right? And just figure out what is that next thing look like? So it, it absolutely, I have to qualify with, you know, I'm being asked to say, speak on certain things because of what my daily life looks like. As speaking, especially as someone who uh, works from home, um, remote work and hybrid stuff has kind of been an important thing for me. And uh, especially as uh, there's been some people who've been saying that starts with going, Oh yes, this is the way moving forward. We're going in. And now that we've kind of in that post spot, we're like, uh, maybe you can come back a little more. And, and some of us are holding our, <laughs> our respective clenching our hands going, don't say, don't please don't continue with this. Uh, it's just been a little worrying, but yes, as uh, Brett, as Joe alluded to, um, we are going to go into the world of predictions. Um, I don't advise crystal balls because they're never, they're never useful. Uh, but before we do that, I do have last year's um, stuff um, because we do this every year. Um, we had Frank Faticala, Dan Friese, Charmaine Torella, and a, a Bradford Ben uh, on and I'll start with Frank, who said that he was thinking for 2022 was managed services, relying on the cloud, uh, less on-prem stuff, on-premises. Um, and I think we kind of saw that with some chip shortage things. I don't think that that was really the in, uh, intention of his stuff. But um, moving to the cloud, I've seen a lot more uh, push for. Um Dan Friese, as I said before, he was talking about DEI and to go for the Bradford rule. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and that I'm, from what I'm hearing, that's definitely gotten a big push. Um, he also talked about a more trained AV industry, um, which I think we're also looking at as well. Uh, Charmaine talked about service models and as a service uh, in general, and that just in time isn't quite working obviously with the shortages of things. Um, so companies are forced or need to build those service models and change their processes to sustain themselves uh, through recurring revenue. And then finally, Bradford, uh, he said that 
the big thing for 2022 was going to be uh, network and infrastructure. So I'll start with you and ask, did your wish come true? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, but I think it's going to change. Uh, the network infrastructure is still big and it's getting bigger, especially with hybrid rooms and having to have that infrastructure to get 30 classrooms talking at once or the the hybrid meetings where you need to have better infrastructure such as lighting and cameras and microphones and all that stuff. So for a change, yes, I, I was right when you look at the overall infrastructure, uh, which is kind of nice. And networks are always going to be growing uh, unless you're Elon Musk and you kill Twitter. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, so... But no, I, I think I got that one pretty right. I But like I said, it also depends on the market. For Houses of Worship, it might have been more copper still, but still infrastructure was going up uh, because low interest rates meant capital expenditures were up. All right. Well, since you're on such a hot streak, what do you think that the next big thing for 2023 will be? So for 2023, I have three things on my list. Uh, and I'll start with... It's the economy, uh, because I think with interest rates rising, capital expenditures are going to go down. So we're going to see a little bit of shrinkage in the investments. I think the supply chain is going to continue to be a constraint, mainly because of the value of the AV market versus consumer electronics market. And then the third one is a late uh, entry. Uh, of facial recognition and privacy is going to get a little more press after some of the things Madison Square Garden did uh, with the facial recognition pulling a lawyer out because her law firm from another state is suing a restaurant for a slip and fall, but they pulled her out of Radio City Music Hall even though she had nothing to do with it. So I think people are going to start to realize just how intertwined and evil these things can be. Uh, so I think that's going to be the big thing is getting some rules around biometrics and identifiability and people kind of understanding that when you post your picture on your company website, someone can find it and then find you. Uh, so I think that's going to start to kind of trickle through as people get more aware of just how intertwined and how much uh, data they've been giving away. And also, I think Madison Square Garden was was evil for doing that, mainly because of guilt by association. She did that's, nothing wrong. Well, they are lawyers. I hear that they're kind of comically evil that's, that's well yeah it's the it's the whole reason new jersey has the toxic waste dump and new york has lawyers new jersey got to pick first oh boy hey i'm i'm from new jersey and my father was a lawyer so i got i'm allowed to say that one before uh before we get any farther into that joe let's go uh give you the chance to go sort of first uh what is your big prediction for 2023 uh, all right, I'm going to give a, I got, I got a couple. I have a low-hanging fruit, and then I'm going to go a little bit bold. Um, so I think the low-hanging fruit is uh, a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of more of the same, that there won't be a lot of extra change. Um, we, I, I did a poll uh, recently about when, and again, higher ed focused, of when you thought they thought supply chain would be over. 
And so everyone, I was thinking people were going to say summer of this next year, and people were, and they came out well into fall of 2023 and into 2024. And manufacturers are kind of saying the same thing as well. So I think we're in a holding pattern. We're going to see a whole lot of nothing. Um, but that said, then moves into a little bit more of a low hanging, a little higher, but still low hanging fruit. And that's that, uh, that I will go back to saying that maybe the 2022 predictions should be now be the 2023 predictions that you said, and that managed services and software services and all that will now come, you know, it to fruition as they should have before. But now I think people are going to get so sick of waiting for gear that they're now going to take a look at a lot of these as ways to kind of uh, mitigate uh, risk in the future. So hopefully uh, that will be it. And then the bold prediction, by the end of the year, we will all be using Web 3 instead of Web 2. So Metaverse going big, all your internet will be Web 3, and that's going to be the big one. Uh, I don't want to agree with you on that. Just I'm just saying, I, I said I was going to be go bold. I just want to know how you can define Web 3. It's like it was HTML5 is going to change everything. Was that Web 2.5? What's the definition of Web 3? So we're going to connect, start another show here. Now, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is rather than just being bi-directional, you're going to see that your, your life is going to live on it and be much more connected. You're going to see the virtual worlds and the metaverse world start to come. And we're already seeing that. You're seeing your identity being locked to your virtual presence. And it's already happening. We're, I, think, I could actually argue that, almost like you were saying, that we're actually kind of living in it. People just don't realize it yet. And it will take over once. So I, that might have been your point there, that we are kind of already in it. No, I actually wanted to make sure that the definition was understood because yes. it's kind of like what color is red? Maroon, brick, fire engine. I just wanted a little clarity so that way when you're wrong, we'll fully understand and be able to identify it next year. Well, and, and you can give it to me a chance to backtrack a little bit so I can make it not so bold. Yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll instead move to Mike and say, what do you think you, uh, the big story or a significant thing will be for 2023? So I'll tie together a few things that have already been said. I think prolonged economic issues coupled with supply chain is really going to put a hamper on cash flow uh, for a lot of organizations, paying bills, paying people, uh, the cost of money is going up. So borrowing is not as big of a thing. And I think that's going to drive to, you know, to Kelly's point earlier, more mergers and acquisitions. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. A lot of smaller firms uh, might be selling out because it's time to, uh, you know, for an owner to get out. Uh, or it might be time to uh, cash in and avoid those. So I'll couple that into Joe's kind of more of the same uh, bucket. I think on the um, more uh, overarching thing, I think we'll see a lot more um, people in our industry ready to switch to a software mindset. Uh, we've had a lovely 80-something year run of ponytail pats and suspender sams uh, hoisting black boxes into ceilings and slightly lighter dark gray boxes into ceilings. And it served the industry well for a long time. I think not only are the colors of the boxes changing, but it's time to also rethink uh, the hardware as just a vehicle to run software. I think there's a lot of differentiating uh, factors there. We're not seeing what used to be referred to as skew plur 
proliferation where you'd have hundreds stock keeping unit bread. Uh, you'd have hundreds of the same version of products with a this connector's different, that connector's different. You're just starting to see those same products that uh, have more horsepower provided. You're not seeing 15 products to fill a portfolio. You're seeing three in software licenses in some of our cases. So I think the adoption side from the buyer is driving the integrator there in many cases and the consultant in some cases. And the manufacturers are starting to finally find uh, non-hostile uh, people when it comes to doing more with less. So I think um, having a software first mindset for 2023 enables managed service providers, it enables XAAS or anything as a service to avoid using uh, an abbreviation there. So that's my milk toast prediction. Sometimes those are the ones that are, you know, spread uh, even out. And I, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of um, murders and acquisitions, I feel like, on at least the residential side. Again, that's where I picked my stories from for Resi Week, um, where a lot of things were just, this person's acquiring this thing, or this thing's coming into that, all coming together. Um, I guess, in, to tangent for a second, are we going to see a critical mass on that? Um, is there going to be a point where there's a monopoly? I mean, we already have like, giant brands like Legrand and Snap One now that are just like huge. It was always it was always I think for twenty twenty one at least it was who's uh Snap acquiring today? <laughs> That's what it felt like. So are we gonna reach like a singularity at some point? I don't know about a singularity. I think you're gonna see more consolidation. Uh outside of the A V industry, mergers and acquisitions are common in a much different way. You buy companies for products for people or for capability of those people. Um, so I don't think we're ever going to see any bad deals in our industry. I hope like, uh, you know, um, Yahoo's deals or uh, different companies failing to sell at the right time. Um, we're also probably not going to see a sweet MySpace deal where someone cashes in a, a way over the moon. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of smaller uh, ISVs, independent software vendors, um, being acquired. I think you're going to see uh, larger companies buy up smaller companies to do more niche stuff. We saw this with Crestron kind of uh, reversing the never buy uh, mindset that they had and, and purchasing one beyond out of Boston um, to get them into the intelligent video space. I think you'll see more of that moving forward. Uh, you either buy, you build, or you partner. Those are the three options for any development and innovation. Uh, I think on the manufacturing side or the technology providing side, because manufacturing is kind of a, a legacy way to look at it, you're going to see all three of those options explored uh, deeper and in ways maybe they haven't been before. All right. Move on to Kelly next. Uh, what is your going? What do you think is going to be your uh, significant thing for 2023? I think the biggest thing for everybody is the supply chain issues and how those will improve. And I think we're going to actually see quite a bit of product development related to this because everything is going to be very software centric in 2023 because we really aren't given a choice. We have to kind of make it work. Um, I, I think we're also going to see a lot of artificial intelligence and the amount of change that will come with that in both the commercial and residential industries with audio and visual recognition, speech processing, you know, decision-making management and process automation even. I think we will definitely see that within 2023. 
And um, surprisingly, I think digital signage is going to continue to develop with advanced features and reduction of energy consumption, which goes back to the sustainability conversation. And I think the 3D graphics and more interactivity is going to also become part of the digital signage um, product. And I'm already seeing so much of it um, and a lot of hospitality and, and lobby spaces. So um, I'd like to see and I'm predicting that it will it will develop and become uh, more complex in that in the next year. But I think our biggest concern is the mergers and acquisitions and then the supply chain and how we're going to work around that. And I think the way around that is through mergers and acquisitions. And then I think, you know, we'll give it a few months, we're going to start seeing announcements for new product development in relation to that. Uh, yeah, I agree with the digital signage stuff. I think one of the big stories that we had um on AP Week was the 3D digital, those forced perspective things, which it was easy to poke holes in it and go, well, it's really cool if you look at it from exactly here and you never look away from it, but it's also really cool. And it was a cool way to see how AV could make like a unique experience. Uh, so yeah, I think that that kind of thing would be very neat. All right, Aaron, you'll have the last word on this. Uh, what is the big thing for 2023 in your, in your words? Woo. Well, I think because of all of the issues that, you know, have been mentioned, I think that we're going to have a big emphasis on people this year, um, not only in um, uh, customer experience, but also relationships and how uh, managers work with their teams. And I think that those sorts of things are going to help sort of slow down the uh, resignations and the trickle out of the industry. And um, that will also, I uh, think, help, you know, help retention. And it'll make um, everybody's businesses and verticals that much better because they'll be uh, more focused on each other than like on the bottom line. And um, hopefully that will lead to us, you know, being and doing better as far as, you know, diversity, inclusion, sustainability, accessibility, and all of these initiatives that we, you know, want to, you know, do better in, but we kind of like are so hyper-focused sometimes on the technology that we just sort of let that fall by the wayside. But I think so. I think this year is our chance to really go for being all people centric. Very good. That'll do it for us. Um, thank you guys so much for for joining us and and looking back and looking forward. Um, so I'm going to start with Mike. Uh, how do we find out about you more about you and QSE and what you might be getting up to in the next year? Like, I don't know, near February or something. Well, first of all, don't find me. I hope to be not part of this life that you live on the internet. Um, but you can visit my company at ISE. We're going to be at stand 2V400. And you should probably sign up at qsis.com slash ISE because it's a ticketed theme park-like experience in our stand. So Ooh. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But it's going to be something you want to sign up for to get a time slot. That sounds neat. Kelly, how can we get in touch with you or HGA? 
HGA is pretty easy to find, HGA Architects and Engineers. Um, I'm on Twitter, and again, it's still a new profile. I need to be more active on there. It's under K-T-E-E-L 22, so K-T-E-L 22. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Kelly Chiquetti hyphen Teal. Aaron, how can we get a hold of you or maybe hear you in a more of like a podcast-like format? Right? Uh, yeah, every month you can check me out on the EdTech Podcast as well as find me on Twitter at smearin underscore off underscore ice. One of these days I'll get through it without laughing. And um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, her her Twitter handle's a great story. So if you get the chance to ask her... Uh... Get it, get that tail. But uh, I'll leave that more as a tease than anything else. Uh, Bradford, where can people give you money to advise them? Don't follow me on the Twitters because me as a person isn't there, but me as a company for advisest is. You can find me there. You can you can find me on LinkedIn, advisest.com. and of course I'm riding a mastodon wave. So um, Bradford.ben at audio dash video dot tech on mastodon water is great if you all want to come on in and we're having some good conversations with me myself and occasionally tim also don't follow tim on the twitters he's really depressed about the bears this year and his his uh prediction for next year uh because i was talking with him offline is that the bears will once again be disappointing yeah, that sounds about right joe uh where can we find you and what uh, 14 other podcasts do you have going on? <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Josiah Way on all the socials. Um, and uh, and yes, and also you can find at Higher at AV um, on all of the socials and also at ISE. So going to be there at ISE. I'm going to be covering it from a higher ed uh, perspective with booth tours and cocktail hours and uh, some panels and some great uh, uh, DEI things, things with Save as well, doing some great stuff with ISC and Avixa there. So um, look forward to that. And you can so, you know, follow on the socials and you'll see it everywhere. I'm going to take a page from Tim. Uh, don't follow me on socials. I'm dealing, uh, I deal with art and stuff more than AV. Instead, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find more shows like this on our website, avnation.tv, stuff like EdTech. A State of Control, which just hit its 100th episode. XR Star, which deals with Web3 and the metaverse and all that stuff. And much more. While you're there, take a look at our underwriters. They're the ones that let us make shows like this, and we thank them for that. Uh, speaking of the year's end, go check out our AV Nation's Reader's Choice Awards for 2022. Um, by the time that this releases, there'll still be time to make nominations. And then once we hit 2023, actually, you'll be able to vote on those things. So go check that out. There'll be a link in the description. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. That is all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>